Hey guys, my name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive On Podcast. I created a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or new business that you're trying to work on and you're struggling to get started, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Tonight, I'm super excited because it's my one-year wedding anniversary weekend with my lovely wife, Erin, who's gonna be speaking here just in a second. So we decided this week on our weekly podcast to switch it up and have her interview me instead of vice versa. So Erin, what are we gonna be talking about tonight? So I thought it would be interesting to hear a little bit about how you transitioned from a full-time career as an engineer, business analyst, into startup life, solopreneur, going after your dreams. I think a lot of people out there have these aspirations to do run their own thing one day. You hear, I think in one of your earlier podcasts with Fayez, you, you guys talk about how often you hear people say that their long-term goal is to be, you know, to have freedom, freedom from a desk, freedom from a schedule and a routine. And I think a lot of people just struggle with knowing when to take that first step and how to know when it's the right time. And I think a lot of people say there is really is no right time. You're never going to feel ready. So I just kind of want to hear your perspective on that. And what was it for you in your head that said, that made you say, okay, I'm doing this on January, whatever it was. So I guess like I'll relate back to, I love how you said there is no right time. Like for me, it depends on the person. It depends on their financial situation. It depends on their education. Um, because when you're talking about long-term decisions in your life, a lot of it adds up over time of where you've been, what you've done, things of that nature. And for me, I'd never, for me personally, it was because of health and I'll go into that in a bit, but I know a lot of other people in this situation who say they want certain things, but they need to realize that like patience is a, is a virtue. And I think that's something over time that I was exuding. Um, I had entrepreneurial ideas. What, what made you take the first step? I mean, did you have a full-blown idea of what you wanted to do or did it? Hell no. What you, no. So what you're doing today is completely different from what you did on day one when you said, I'm not going to be in the uh, full Yeah, 100%. Um, so what was that like going through your head when, when you made the decision to actually quit? Why? So death. I mean, to be to be completely honest and blunt, I was afraid to die knowing, without knowing that I went after some about something that I was more passionate about and that I didn't leave it all on the line to make an impact on the world the way that I wanted to leave an impact. So I remember extremely vividly, we're going back to, what was it, 2016, when I had an, a new job. I just started in August and I was running my own personal training and nutrition consulting business on top of this job. So I was working uh, six to eight in the morning and then I would go to my job uh, eight to five and then six to eight p.m. at night. I was doing that again and then you were studying for the GMAT and I just remember um, my grandfather passed away in October and during that time frame, so we had, I bought a new car and I was using it to go to my job and then my, I was supposed to visit my grandfather and help my dad out because he was in the hospital and there was a hurricane in Florida. And that weekend, I was supposed to go there. I took off work on Friday and was supposed to fly to, Flo fly to Florida, see my grandfather, help my dad out. And that morning, 
or two days before there was a hurricane in Florida so I had to cancel my trip and that morning I got an accident uh, in my garage and then two days later a second person hit our car and a couple days later my grandfather passed away and I never got to see him when he passed away um, so that was one one thing I reflected back on now sitting where I am mm -hmm. where I started seeing that like life is short like you can't you can't know when certain things are going to happen. It's how you react and it's how you re respond to things. So going past that, I went to his funeral and I remember asking my dad, when did his sister pass away? So for those that are listening, uh, my dad's sister had colon cancer and left my cousins motherless when they were kids. And she passed away at the age of 40. Um, so she had had cancer for years before that. And I just remember my 25th birthday was coming up and just remember vividly, you're studying for the GMAT, I'm hustling and working a full-time job and just realized that I could not, like I could die in 15 years. Even if I do everything right, I could die in 15 years. And then when you reflect back even more so from that, I could die at any moment, yeah, yeah. you never know. So I need to figure out what makes me happy. And for me, what made me happy was I realized I could work a 14 hour day and I would still be in the gym talking to people, working out, whatever. So that was my first inkling of first, so you asked first step was what did I love to do that didn't feel like work? And that was exercise. So immediately I figured out how to monetize exercising and that space. And then I worried about the rest later. I didn't worry about five years from now or right. what but I what was going to do. Today, what you've built your brand and business to today has really nothing to do with exercise. So maybe talk a little bit about how this whole experience and journey has been this huge iteration process of you realizing that one thing isn't exactly what you want. And I think that could be encouragement to someone who actually wants to take the step, but feels like the idea they have right now is not what they want their long-term goal to be. I think. So for anyone listening, I would say step into what you don't want. Um, it's easier to know what you don't want than what you do want at times. What does that mean? So step into it, meaning like step into, if I don't want something, step into it saying like, I don't want this. Like, but I'm doing it for this reason or in certain circumstances, why but for me, like, like I only, I only worked like, was it four corporate jobs, right? Three or four. And I only lasted, I think at my, my longest one was nine months, but I immediately knew after a couple months in each of them that like, this wasn't for me, but I wasn't scared. Like most people where they're like, they know right away, this isn't for me, but they stick it out. But what I did was I leaned into this isn't for me and I made the decisions like I literally went up to my boss and said, you know what, this isn't for me. And I had a game plan for the next step. And that's what I think a lot of people, what they do is they wait a year or two years or three years. They let the, all this time go by and then they just give up on that. They're just like, oh, this is just they get complacent. And they're like, eh, it is what it is. Like I have this job. It feeds my feed myself and they lose track of even understanding what they want or what they don't want. Now immediately we know as human beings like very quickly what we don't want, right? The stove is hot, oh shit, I'm not gonna touch it again. Like that's how it works. But a lot of people don't act on that and they just become numb to it within themselves. Now for me, what happened was January 2nd I quit and uh, walked in my boss, said, you know what, I'm, uh, this isn't for me anymore. 
And immediately I realized, well, I really don't know jack shit. We all don't know jack shit. And I'm constantly learning. So I signed up for courses. Uh, I immediately got a new certification to help basically charge more. What did you um, feel from, what kind of feelings were you having from the societal pressures and the questions from family and, and all your friends who have these corporate jobs thinking, oh, what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna have a resume. It's gonna show that you only lasted nine months here. I mean. <laughs> People are so worried about this stuff, and I think you do a really good job of being like, you know, it's all about who you are as a person. This stuff doesn't matter if you're not providing value anyway. So I think maybe speak a little to that and how you've handled all of that. Dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. All the CEOs, most of them, like they're making money in flying around, having meetings, just not the regular busy bee worker way, right? So if I want to be that CEO and I want to start a startup, the first goal is I need to be the CEO and start a startup. And there's no time to waste and you're only going to get better at it if you start earlier. The faster you yeah. start, the faster I'm going to get better at it. So I didn't care what that business analyst thought or what someone thought or someone's parent or whatever asking about resumes because one, resumes are, resumes are dead. So if you're listening to this and you don't have a LinkedIn and you don't have uh, a YouTube or a blog or an Instagram, like I'm not depends. gonna hire you. <laughs> like, no, they, they, they are dead because in the future, like why would I trust a piece of paper when we have, you could pay someone to write your resume. There's, there's articles I on agree. it that people do that. But I think right? really right now we're at a point where it's very relevant in some industries and for some careers. So yes, maybe for... But for the future. Okay. For the future. Do you think? Like, no. I was a recruiter. The only, pe the only resume I ever looked at was because 500 resumes come in. So here's a tip. We're getting a little bit off tan... We're going off tangent here. But if you're applying to a job right now, do not rely on your resume because when I was an account manager and managing recruiters, the only resumes you looked at were the ones who were savvy enough to actually straight email you. Hey, here's my resume. Check it out. I'd love to have a phone call with you. Then we immediately went to their LinkedIn and we saw, is this person who they say they are? Have they done what they've said they've done? If those people didn't, we didn't even waste time on them. If you don't have that visual of what you've done in your life. Nobody's going to waste time on you. Because this is a fast-paced world. I know I think it's getting most off track, people know that, but, but okay, now, in case they don't. You have Continue. too much faith in most people. <laughs> Continue. So January 2nd, quit, signed up for, for like five online courses, um, got a new certification so that I could up my pricing, up my pricing to free up some of my time. And I think the, the best decision I ever made as an entrepreneur was go hang around a bunch of other entrepreneurs and CEOs, see what they do, analyze them and not, because um, what I could have done, I had two choices. I could have booked more business and personal training and like probably made six figures doing that. But what I did do was I, kept my clients in the morning and at night, but I didn't fill my day with personal training. I filled my day with learning and in putting myself in uncomfortable positions. So what did that look like was, even though I was tight on money, I was like, you know what? It's worth the investment to spend 500 a month to join this entrepreneurial hub where I have access to mentors, events, 
speaking engagements, all these things so that I can interact with other people in that space and then start communicating with them, taking them to coffee, networking with them. And then honestly, what I did that I think a lot of people won't do is I worked for free like crazy. I literally used my skills in systems and engineering and social media and all that and just asked, how can I help? And that got me into solving a lot of problems for a lot of different people. For free. And, that, right? and for free. But this is the thing, like it technically wasn't for free because it helped basically maximize my resume, quote unquote, even though I said don't use resumes. It helped, reputation. It yeah, helped maximize like, yeah. So earlier I said like reputa- repetition is reputation. So the amount of repetitions you have in something, in something typically earns you that reputation. So for instance, if you want to master something, they say it's 10,000 hours, right? So it's 10,000 repetitions until you gain that reputation of a master. Now, a lot of people try to hack that system. I disagree with that, but. There's n- okay. Explain. I mean, I don't think that just doing something, and I think you agree with this too, just doing something over and over again isn't going to make, you got to work smart. I don't think repetition alone is what creates any kind yes, of credibility. Yes, but you, you, ha- you have to understand the starting point. Like you don't even know what working smart is when you first start something. I agree, but I you think, just have to have that analytical I think that mind. That's not, that's not all there is to it. Like your reputation is not built on how like, much you do something. We'll, we'll use fitness as a case, right? You want to be fit, eat less, do more reps. That's it. You, do, you now it is like <laughs> you want to you, you want to be more fit. That's what you do. It's just it's, in layman's it. terms. That is it. Okay. Eat if you're if you're overweight. Clearly, you need to eat less and exercise more. That's it. It's so it's so simple. Then once you start working out, you start seeing. Well, maybe I should like run on one day and then lift weights on another day. It's the same thing in business. You don't know that path until you just dive right into it with that open mind and just take that first step. And then you can decide. Okay, maybe I shouldn't spend 14 hours selling. I should spend 14 hours here on one day and 14 hours here on the other day. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs get in trouble is they don't do that. They're not open-minded and analyzing. They think there's just this one set way to do things. So they never try to like take a step back and really see like, is this, is this efficient? Or um, I've tried it this way for three months now and I haven't gotten traction. It's time to pivot because the faster you pivot in different ways, the better, the more traction you're gonna get. Yeah. In so life and in business. What are some of your, I guess, core values that have helped you decide and filter out when is time to make a switch and what is right for you, what is not right for you? What do you use to ground yourself in your long-term mission? That is an amazing question. Because I think that's the that's the hardest part, and I think that's the most critical part is deciding what to say no to. And unless you have this this system of like kind of your own personal boundaries of what's going to get you to that next level and what's going to hold you back. I don't think that, I think that's what sets people back. So I think it help, it hurts. It, it, it's a hard, it, this question hurts a lot of people because it's a hard question to actually answer. And it like literally pains and I you think like, it's okay to Ugh. change them, but um, I think, at least but I think it's set in like what my, it, it's easy for me because of, I've always been like this stubborn like person that I have the way that I that I view the world and I believe that this world needs more inclusion and diversity and we need to wake up to the fact that the one percenters are growing their wealth and like everyone else is being left behind. So I have this view of the world which helps me 
set core values of like kindness, respect, empathy, passion, grit, community. And basically how I decide what to say yes or no to is that like if you were to reach out to me, if if you DM me, I don't care if you're the janitor somewhere or if you're the president, I'm gonna treat you exactly the same way and I'm gonna say, hey, thank you for reaching out to me. And every, anyone listening that has DM me before could attest to this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna treat you the same way. I'm gonna say, hey, it's nice to meet you, blah, 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 this is what I'm about. And I've literally told brands that like most people would just probably say yes to, I'm very careful with my brand. I need to make sure this is an authentic and genuine experience, both for me and for you and our followers and, and our audience. So the first thing I'd love to do is have a call with you rather than jumping into bed with, with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think the first tip would definitely be what you say no to is you always say no first in some capacity. You don't just jump in and say yes. You give like a little of an inclination, like look, I wanna learn a little bit more about this scenario, right? So when I'm in, in business or in life or whatever it may be, um, if those people, when we have that call, or we have that initial step, they don't match those core values. And to me, my core values today are like, if you're not helping other people, then I don't wanna sit down with you. So if you're not in a business that is ultimately mission-based and helping other people, mm-hmm. I don't have time for you. It's not that I have anything against you, it's just, it's not something that fulfills my heart because my whole mission well, in life- It's not on brand for you. It's not on and brand. I think, I think more so what I'm getting at is you've spent a lot of time in these past three or four years that like hanging around other entrepreneurs as you said and you've gotten involved with projects that weren't necessarily your own um, just to learn and bump up your credibility and who knows where they're going to go but how do you know when it's time to take a step away or how do you know when it's time to put when it's not all, fun anymore. Your, all your eggs in your own basket when when it when it starts to when it starts to feel like work like that's that's when I know and if it starts to feel like work and you're losing control of your of your own life mm-hmm. and it's being dictated by an outside force that doesn't jive with me mm-hmm. so i need to have ultimate control but that that's the difference between being a ceo like literally just understanding that you have to be a ceo versus you can be in so a startup so you say that you really truly have to understand who you are what your skills are and what you have the tolerance for. I think one of the biggest questions in the entrepreneurial space is whether you can learn to be an entrepreneur or if it's kind of innate within you. And I think you're a good example of someone that is born to be an entrepreneur. You've been asking questions since you were out the womb about how things work and why things are the way they are and you're stubborn like you said. And if I don't like them, I change them. And you basically are the kid that should, you know, I don't know what, be in trouble, but you just haven't gotten in trouble, like, I don't know. And I'm the type of person, I have entrepreneurial interests, I love, you know, new ventures and that whole space, but I know myself and I know that I'm way more risk averse than you, and I need structure and stability, and me going full-fledged into a startup isn't necessarily what's best for me at this time in my life. So how would you speak to understanding that about yourself and how have you figured out like for sure that this is what, I mean, you've said before that time there are exper- certain time and experience. experiences that might have worked for you, but yeah, time- you don't want to give it a chance because you're so passionate about giving this your all for, for what legacy you want to leave behind. Yeah, I, I think it comes with, 
time and experience like when you look back on your life like I was always wheeling and dealing like I was mowing lawns and and shoveling snow and babysitting and and making my own money I got a full scholarship to school I because I like literally begged the bursar's office like how do I get a scholarship who do I talk to what am I gonna do like I just always had this tenacity about me and it never fit it was never suited in jobs where it was like this is your job and you can't move up tomorrow um, the problem with corporate jobs that I found was I wanted to work on I'm a polymath I wanted to work in every single field within that like I wanted one job one month and then another job the next month and you just couldn't feed me enough and the first sign of that like when I look back at my life was grade school like if, if you saw me in school um, I would get in trouble for talking or, or doing something stupid because I just would just not be satisfied with what they were teaching and I would literally eat it up, get my good grades and then figure out what to do with my life. And usually that was like getting in trouble. Um, and then they would bring my parents into school and my parents would be like, well, what are his grades like? And they're like, well, they're great. And then they're like, well, it's not his problem then. It's this system, right? So when I look back at that life, the same thing happened at my jobs where it was just like, I felt like I was working really hard and I was doing great work, but I'd always get slapped on the wrist for like, certain things because I was pushing the needle too far for people. And for me, like, I mean, Instagram came out. So that was a huge influence of like seeing like what people were doing out there. And I started thinking in my, Such in a my head, entry. I like think... I, I could do this. Like I started thinking in my head, like, like not think... that I'm better than these people, but I'm more, I've worked harder and I'm more well-educated than all these people that are like making their own freedom. I can do it. Why can't I? Is what I started. And I think there are a lot of people that do report to a desk every day and might feel tied down to this job that they don't necessarily see themselves in for the long term, but don't really know what to do because they don't fully see themselves as an entrepreneur too. So how would you what advice would you give to somebody that kind of craves a little bit more freedom and flexibility in their life to dabble in kind of their own business type ideas or side hustles? while still maintaining that structure and stability in their professional life. Like, what do you tell people that might want to see what startup world is like, but don't necessarily want to take the full-fledged jump? Call me. (laughs) I'm willing to talk to literally anybody to help them out and in in this situation because I know what it feels like, one. So I empathize with that. Um, But two, it's understanding your situation and not putting pressure on yourself to make a decision right away. So... For me, I think the best thing that I did was I've always had this self-awareness that when I got out of school, I was in debt. So I knew I couldn't just be full force into entrepreneurship. It wouldn't help me become a better entrepreneur. So what I did was I went to a well-paying job. I earned that job. And then on the meantime, I started researching ways to make money on my own. Mm -hmm. And behind the scenes, I was taking courses. So my second tip would be you have to continuously educate yourself. So if you went to school for the complete opposite, English major or art major, and you know nothing about business, well, your first step is to go to Google and literally just type in entrepreneurship, whatever city you're in. And then I would go to one meetup and do, I'm always a huge fan of simple KPIs. Google, where's the next entrepreneurial meetup? Just go to it. And your whole goal is just meet one new person that time, right? See how it goes. Bring a notebook, write notes on it. 
ask a question. So that's very easy KPIs. Go to one meetup, meet somebody new, ask a question. That's it, that's three KPIs right there. You do that, you did your job. Then do the same thing the next week, and the next week, and the next week. It's very, it's very, very simple. And I think a lot of people overcomplicate yeah, you just it. just have to be persistent and not, not stop doing that. Because I think people can get easily discouraged if meetings don't go the way they want, or if some people I also, I think I've observed at those types of events where they're constantly just trying to sell you things. So what advice do you have to even going into situations like that when it comes to networking? You, I always witness you just trying to have the other person talk more and, and understand what they're up to and, and how you can maybe help them before you even try to sell them on whatever you're doing or what you can do to help. Well, I'll dig into why, why that is, why, why, do, why am I like that? And then I'll provide a solution on the back end for people that might be selling too much or how they, they can go into it uh, and why people even do that. But the why behind why I want other people talking more about me is one, I care. Like I care, genuinely care about people and the betterment of people and anyone else out there. If you're around me, like I will literally, I'm super blunt and super direct and I want the best for you, so I'm literally gonna cut knives into you until you're just like, shit, I just need to do this thing. So before I get into a closer relationship where I can do that, I need to understand like, where are the, the cuts in, in people where they might need a bandage? So to understand that, I have to ask them questions. Where'd you go up? Where, where are you from? Like, why'd you even come to here and whatever? Right. And I just genuinely care about that relationship first. I'm a people before profit. I don't see dollar signs out of people. Um, so that is one that is, that's been a huge help for me and, and realizing that like, values too. yeah, it's one of my core values. So I'm not doing it for the money. That's the thing. Like success comes from the people that do it for bigger reasons than like some means to an end like there's no i enjoy going to meetups and meeting new people and and doing these things i would do it for free and i do do it for free mm -hmm. and i'll continue to do it for free even when i make a hundred million dollars like that's how it's going to be because i enjoy it now if you don't enjoy it there's other ways to go about it if you're an introvert you can do online things there's there's always a solution now for the people that are selling too much and things of that nature the reason i think that happens is because they don't realize how much patience it actually takes and they're not thinking like a consumer. So they're not thinking like, if this was me and I was in that person's shoes, how am I coming off? Versus I'm very aware of like, sometimes I need to be super, not aggressive, but like high strong and like grilling into people. I understand the people that I can do that with. But then when I'm out in a networking event, I don't wanna be like that. That's gonna off put yeah, some people. So I'm gonna be a it. lot more, yeah, but you see it. You yeah. see those people. So I'm gonna be a lot more low key. Um, I'm gonna be the guy that's helping. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay after and say, how can I help and what can I do? We because I stay after. <laughs> yeah, she'll tell you I stay until like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But that just shows how much I enjoy it. Like yeah, that's, yeah. I'm not there, yeah. like I'm not in and out. I'm not like, hey, I'm gonna just gonna go there, I'm gonna show face and then I'm gonna leave. That's not how I've been. I always go 200 miles an hour and then I just have a belief in that if you do that, the right people are gonna see it and they're gonna understand it and then you're gonna find yourself in opportunities and situations that you never could have even foreseen. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so you work with a lot of, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs that are just starting a business or early on in their journey. What do you think is the single most common problem that they all have? 
that you would give as advice to anybody else that's just starting out as a solopreneur? I love this question. What do you think it is? Confidence. Ooh, man, this is why I married you, self-belief. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say, self-belief. Because the thing is with the corporate job, you kind of have a, a task list and like you know your role and where you're going and what your bonus is gonna be and all these things. But as an entrepreneur, you can't see any of that. So you have no idea yeah, when you're going to- you don't gonna, know when to stop. Yeah, you, don't you don't know what's good, what's bad. <laughs> no one's grading you. Your own mind is your most worst critic, so yeah. Yeah, so it's that self-belief and man, it's, I mean, it's not something I open up to a lot to other people, um, but that, that is definitely my biggest struggle. Like I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a confident human being. I always have been. We actually have each other and we're always talking about this stuff. Yeah. Though, so we bounce things off of each other. And I think. But it, it is, it is tough, man. It is, it, and that's why, so it gives me chills actually talking about this. I gravitate towards entrepreneurship because it's the same way I gravitated engineering school. It was the utmost hardest thing I could do. So when I look at like when I'm laying on my deathbed, I want to be like, I did some of the hardest things you could possibly do in life that matched my traits. So like, like running a marathon is super hard, right? I know I could do it, but it doesn't match like what I really want to do versus like building a company off of your back with very little capital and very little understanding of where to go, when to go, how to build a team and learning and, and challenging yourself each and every day to just get a little bit better. Now that is something like when it's I'm talking about, everyone. yeah, it's not for one, it's not for everyone Two, but it's for me. So when we have grandkids and I'm talking to them, like it, it's cool because we just had a dinner with your, with your uncle last night and he just reminds me of myself, like, he's still working he's 70 years old and he's like i don't know when to stop like i just love this like mm -hmm. that's gonna be me and that's when i realize like i need to be in a space where that is cherished where that is validated and that's entrepreneurship but in the corporate world it's not like that like being disruptive is looked down upon in that world versus being disruptive in entrepreneurship and thinking of new ideas and creating very fast and pivoting very fast and and engaging a lot of people um, that's rewarded. So that's where like, and it's also depends uh, on where you work, but it depends on where you work, but it, it's rewarded, but it's also hard as fuck. Like I'm just not, it is not for everyone. And I'm very self-aware. I think this leads into a good point, which is when you're in a relationship, um, this is especially hard because it's not only hard on you, but when you're especially in the early stages and you're going through some of the roughest patches of the whole thing. Um, obviously, it's it's a whole series of ups and downs. But in the beginning, you're just trying to figure out what you even what you're doing. It's a lot of upfront meetings and just treading water to to make progress and traction anywhere. So a lot of times, I can see, and this was the case for us for a while, where you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't quite get it. And it took me a while to get it, actually. And it wasn't until I was in business school and, and really immersing myself in the entrepreneurial space to understand what you have to do and why and what you're even thinking of for the long term. But for people that are in a relationship that may have trouble communicating to their partner about what they're working towards and how to best be supportive of them, but also receiving support, like, what do you think, what advice would you give? So where I failed um, was communication. So that, that's the number one thing, especially if you're working with an entrepreneur. 
you have to realize you have to put yourself in their shoes like i think one thing that aaron didn't understand was that it hurt me that i gave up this six-figure salary and i couldn't just fly around anymore and whatever it hurt me um more than i think i alluded to her and by hurt me i mean it it changed our lifestyle in a way that I didn't necessarily understand how to compliment because I also was living in this world where it's like um, I'm dating this girl that's the woman of my dreams and like everything is great we're, sa- we're we're both working at these jobs and we're saving a bunch of money and we can fly anywhere we want we can see family when every time we want but then I I hated it it was like this weird thing where I absolutely could not go to work anymore for someone else because it, you it, see it as like this never ending like oh my gosh this is my life from yeah here and, on out. and i think a lot of people like i knew that i would rather lose you being my real self and who i was than go 40 years and take it out on you or our kids yeah. or whatever like i did not want to become that so i was okay with like you know what i'm gonna do this for me and if Aaron leaves me because of it, one, we weren't meant to be together, but two, at least she has her life intact and then I can go on and, and do what I love to do, um, knowing that like we mended that relationship and we'll be okay. Fortunately, none of those two things happened because um, I love you more than anything in this world. And then two, it just shows your compassion for understanding what I was going through. But I think where I failed was like a a three to six month gap where I wasn't necessarily explaining why I was doing what I was doing. So just to be very clear for people out there, when you're in the entrepreneurship space, your network, when they say your network is your net worth, it's 100,000% the truth. But it's also, you need a quality network. And it takes a while because you have to build trust with people. And the only way you build trust with people is by serving, is by being servant leadership and providing value to people when they didn't expect it. And that's called disruption. Like the way, that's how I view disruption. Other people will think of like stupid ideas or whatever, but I view disruption as doing the little things that everybody else isn't willing to do. Showing up, staying that extra 40 minutes after an event where other people aren't willing to do that. And in my head, I was doing this knowing that it was gonna pay off because I've seen it pay off time and time again in my life. I believe it's why I'm sitting here married to Aaron and it's our one year anniversary because like when times were tough, I always show up. It's just no matter what, that's who I am as a human being. And the fault that I had was I was not communicating, okay, I'm staying late at this meeting or whatever I'm doing. I wasn't communicating the full picture. Okay, six months from now, this is how it's gonna pay off. This is why I believe. If it doesn't happen in six months, babe, I'll go get a job, I promise. I wasn't communicating that. Right, right, right. And that was the huge, huge problem in our in our relationship and but I think it was headaches. also just understanding what the long-term goals are and making sure we're aligned with it like I knew that if this doesn't work out like we'll figure something out because I think there's a lot of trust between us and I mean that was part of the reason why we got engaged so quickly too because you were going to take this risk and it would just be a whole nother can of worms if there was no like commitment there on at least that and just having some stability with and where our future. I think there together. was also like I loved how you said trust, but I also like we talked about it a lot and we related it to. I was like, Aaron, you've known me my entire life. Like I have the words "never give up" tattooed on me. Like I'm gonna die trying this. Like I, I'm not gonna let off the gas, and like I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make this thing successful. And 
you can chime in when you think, and, and she does chime in a lot on, on the decisions that I should make and when I should make them. She's my, my voice of reason in, in many scenarios. Um, and I think to that, to, to that, I would tell other people because there's a lot of single people out there. So a lot of the people that I consult for um, or are friends with are either single or they don't necessarily have that partner that fully understands it. That's okay. Your partner doesn't necessarily have to fully understand it, but you need to surround yourself with other founders and other people that understand it because it's going to be hard and you're going to need those people. Um, you can't do it alone and that's where like strive together, thrive really, together comes from. Those are the people that understand what you're going through more than anyone else, even your partner. I mean, sometimes I, I'm here for you, but to the extent that I'm also kind of going through it, but not in the same way you are because I do go to a job. Like it's, it's just different. Um, so I, I really like that point. Um, and I guess to kind of wrap things up, what would be, I have to close out here, what do you think would be the biggest takeaway? Like what has impacted your journey the most so far that you would recommend to anyone else that maybe wants to pursue this path? The biggest takeaway, I wish I started sooner. Like my biggest takeaway is if, if you have an idea out there there's someone else out there that can help you. Just fucking pick up the phone, text them, DM them, email them. And what I, what I want to tell people is unless someone tells you no, and it's, starting can there's just still be a starting a conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't have to be, oh, I quit my job and here oh, I am yeah. starting Oh, yeah, I don't want business. that to happen. No. If you're listening to this, don't quit your job. Don't do anything stupid. I didn't do that. I, the reason that I, I got into this and um, it, it was knowing the cards that I was dealt. And, and understanding the cards and being patient with believing in like, you know what, I'm going to fold when I have a set of twos and I'm going to wait for that, that double ace, right? I'm just going to be extremely patient. And when you're being patient, you need to communicate that to everyone else around you because other people are going to pressure you. And I think in our relationship, like you thought, um, like, especially in my case, like I know that if I'm a solopreneur, I could make pretty good money. But if my goal is to build a B corporation and give back to the world, it's gonna look a little bit different. Every dollar I make goes back into my business, goes back into my employees, goes back into my contractors, goes back into my product until it actually matches what I see is valuable to the world and, the, the, and that the right. world values it just as much as I do. That's a long, grueling journey for most people. And for me, I knew that it was so Again, I wasn't communicating, so the biggest takeaway would be, one, take that step and communicate your steps to the people around you, why you're doing what you're doing, who you're surrounding yourself with, why you're surrounding yourself with them. At each step of the way, like I, I highly recommend, I'm a huge system and documentation guy, Like document what you're doing. That's The reason that I have an Instagram isn't to get followers or isn't to, um, impress anybody it's literally to get better at writing to get better at marketing to get better personally at speaking in front of other people that's why i do it so if you're not doing and it for connect. yourself to and to connect, connect we with other know people. half the people we know yeah it's half the opportunities i get i wouldn't i wouldn't have had if i didn't just start and pick it up and that's the last thing i would say is do it for you so those three tips where it's like, take that first step, whatever that might be. It, it might be, uh, you have enough saved up, you're gonna quit your job. Uh, if you don't have enough saved up, that's okay. 
take the first step and call me. And if you never want to quit your job, that's okay that's too. That's okay but too. But you can still get satisfaction. There's from- there's a million people I I would say that just stay in your job and and do what you love. It's all about doing what you love. So at the end of the day, like take that first step of doing what you love. Communicate why you're doing what you're doing to everyone around you and don't have that fear of communication. Be direct because there's 7 million people on this earth and there's a lot of people that would love you for being direct and stepping into what you want to become. 7 million? There's a lot. 7 billion. Okay. There's 7 billion people, yeah. <laughs> and and, and then the last thing is do what you love. Just to be honest. It'll help you get through you have so to know many things. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can go into, I guess our, one of our next ones could be like how to how to gain self-awareness or something like that, <laughs> how we've gained self-awareness. But to wrap it up today, I just want to thank Erin for hopping on here and taking her first crack. She is, I'm going to pressure her to maybe run her own podcast in the near no. future. But one of the things that Thrive on Life challenges people to do is to step outside their comfort zone. So one of the things that I want to do is have people on a podcast that have never podcasted before or even led a podcast before. So if you want to be on a podcast or if you want to interview me and ask some questions, I'd love for you to reach out. It's, it's one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping other people achieve some of the goals that they want to achieve. So please reach out to me, DM me, find me at Thrive on Life on Instagram or email me at cjfinley at thriveonlife.com and you can reach Aaron on Instagram at Aaron.spiration. We'd love to connect with you. I hope all of you enjoy your weekend. Thrive on.